DraftNet. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our next guest. He joins us at this time each and every Wednesday. We're grateful to Cappy for finding time for us here in Des Moines, and he's with us right now. Cap Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on, Capper. How are you? I am good. Just got done listening to the most ridiculous, I guess, I didn't have high expectation, but I didn't think they would have no news. The Bears embarrassed themselves today. Uh, by doing nothing, is that what you mean, Cap, or by rubber stamping the uh, uh, the era to continue as far as Nagy and Pace? It's not just not doing anything. It's more than that, guys. It's, we saw tremendous leadership during the pandemic from Ted and He's been integral in the evaluation of our football operations. No, Ted Phillips has been a failure in the football side. He may be a brilliant math guy and a brilliant financial guy. He's failed over and over to put a successful football team together. Why are you keeping him in place? Seven playoff bursts in 26 years. It is... Three playoff wins during that tenure. He's been the team president for 22 mm. of those seasons. It is not very good. It is a team that is not constructed very well. And Ryan Pace, that was another part that I was just reading through it as we were on the air and my blood started to boil. Six years, not enough time to figure out if a GM's got it. What, what the hell's going on there, Cappy? Uh, look, Ryan's a wonderful guy, and I'm sure he created a really good new facility for $100 million. I know he shepherded him through the pandemic, all of that. If you want to create a role for him in the organization, that's fine. I don't, you know, I'm not looking for a sacrificial lamb here, but you're going to let him pick the next quarterback? Mm. Glennon, Trubisky mm. with a really failed process, obviously. It's not doing all your homework on Deshaun Watson and, and ending up getting the wrong guy. And Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray, and Nick Foles. It's a collection of nothing. So I don't understand how a multi-billion dollar franchise operates this way. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. <laughs> I think that is insanity, Cap. Uh, so, Cap, does this mean that uh, the band's all back together? Is Mitchell Trubisky going to be part of this team? I can't believe it. Now, again, I said on the air this morning, I can't believe these guys are smart guys. They're not dumb they gotta have some type of a move coming no nothing so do i think mitch is coming back i don't but we'll see if it's not mitch is it drafting somebody early if not the first round rounds two three something like that 
or is it going back to the well they've been in now for what seemingly 30 years going down this veteran not quite good enough but we're going to give them a shot here what do you anticipate is going to be if it's not Trubisky who the next one will be young guy or old guy I think there'll be a veteran guy that comes in Nick Foles will be allowed to compete with him and they'll draft somebody they have to draft somebody now, you go look at the free agent list. Just pull up free agent NFL quarterbacks 2021. The best name on there, because the top name is Dak Prescott, and he's not getting away from Dallas. Right. So leave him out of it. The next good name on there is probably Tyrod Taylor. Jeez. You want Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback? I don't. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. David Kaplan uh, is our guest. Cap, uh, the, the the game itself. I mean, the the Miller play, especially when you're when you're down, your receiver um, uh, receiver position is uh, lacks depth. Guys out. You, you got a good player, but you're counting on Miller, and for him to be ejected the way that he was, I'm anxious to hear what your guys on uh, NBC Sports Chicago, guys that played the game, uh, guys that were teammates, guys that know what it was like to be teammates, what their reaction was post game uh, to Miller uh, being tossed. Can't put yourself in that position. Now, did they think it was an egregious hit? It wasn't. It was. Frankly, an awful call. That stuff goes on on every play on the offensive line, pushing and shoving. He gave him a shove, and they called it a hit, a punch, and that was the end of it. But Matt Nagy made it clear that last Wednesday, as they installed the game plan for the Saints game, he spent 15 minutes out of practice time. And, you know, for people going, oh, whatever, 15 minutes. You're on the clock. Dude. The league doesn't allow you to keep guys on the field for five hours. They have. Right. Uh, a schedule, a protocol they have to follow, and he took 15 minutes of valuable practice time to say, I want you to watch this. This is what this guy does. And they had clips of him irritating people on other teams and clips of what he did to Javon Wims, who was kicked out in week mm-hmm. eight. And Anthony Miller didn't get the message. For me, I can't move forward with him. Chuck Pagano, another guy that won't be moving forward with the Bears organization, the defensive coordinator, is out at times, it felt like this defense was really good. There was other times, certainly didn't feel like they were hitting the ceiling that they could. What are you looking for? The next defensive coordinator, what kind of guy? If you don't have a name, that's fine. But what kind of style do you want to see brought into the Windy City? I just want somebody who can maximize the pass rush, maximize the talent on the roster, because there is some defensive talent. I know it's getting old. I think it's the second oldest defense. But I want somebody that can... You know, get guys free. Now, part of that is you got to be willing to take chances when you blitz. And if you blitz, take a chances, and you get burned on a long pass, which can happen, does your offense have the ability to come back and cover up that mistake? And that was what Chuck felt they didn't. So that's why he wasn't as aggressive as he wanted to be. Plus, you know, Quinn and Mack haven't been as good as they need to be either. So that's the one thing. You're going to get Eddie Goldman back. The name Jay Rogers in the building. Is definitely on the short list. He's a candidate for that job. So, I don't know. I don't know where they turn here to get this defense right while trying to add playmakers and fix the quarterback spot and upgrade the offensive line and 
see if you can become a more successful team. Like, there's a lot on that list, man, and you're Jeez. not going to have enough money or picks to do it. Cap, is there a date that, that Bears fans should to keep in their back of their mind when it comes to Trubisky? Is there a date that they have to let him, you know, uh, I mean, he's, he's a free agent, right? He can. I, I guess there isn't. But is there something we should watch as to when we know what, uh, what, the, what they plan on doing with him? Uh, I would think when free agency starts, if they haven't gotten a deal done with him by then, then I would think it would be a clear indicator they're not bringing him back. He will have interest from other teams, maybe not as a starter, but he's still going to make crazy, unbelievable money as a backup. I mean, he's still going to be an NFL backup is going to make six, seven, eight million dollars a year, and I would think he'll have multiple teams that would go. I'll take a shot at that guy. He's not broken down. He's a young guy. And there are going to be multiple teams that mm. think, you know what? We can I can get so. it out of him. Yeah. So he's going to get an opportunity. He's not getting, you know, five years, $100 million, but he's going to get, you know, a deal where he has a chance to compete and be a backup. So will the Bears bring him back? I'll be surprised, but nothing I guess they do now is surprised. What a place to be. Final uh, thing, regardless who the quarterback is, you got to have guys that can throw it. Allen Robinson, I think most people anticipate he's not going to be back. Javon Wims had the big drop in the playoff game. Miller gets ejected, as Ken mentioned. Darnell Mooney's exciting, but you need more than one wide receiver in today's NFL to compete. How do you overhaul that position group? Well, I mean, you're going to pick number 20, and then you're going to have, I think, pick 42 or thereabouts in the second round, you've got to get playmakers, you've got to address left tackle, you just do, and you're not going to have a ton of cap space to do it in free agency. So, you know, Allen Robinson reportedly wants $20 million a year. That's what Keenan Allen gets. I'm not paying Allen Robinson $20 million. I think he's a very, very good player. I don't think he's a top-10 wide receiver that i got to break the bank for. I don't. So... How they handle this, I think because of the pandemic, teams saw revenues cut. You're going to see more guys on the street as free agents that might get cut from big deals. You might be able to unearth a couple of diamonds there. You might. So let's see how free agency plays out and then go into the draft. But I'll be very surprised unless he agrees to a lesser deal. I'll be very surprised if Allen Robinson is getting that massive, massive, Twenty million a year for the Bears. Let's talk about the baseball buzz in the Windy City. And it's clearly with the White Sox. They signed uh, their new. They got their new closer in tow. Cap. I'm looking at DraftKings. The White Sox are the favorite, not the Twins, to win the American League Central. Do they deserve to be? Yes. They added the number one available closer, a top five six guy in the game. They've gone out and added a top of the rotation quality arm in Lance Lynn. I'm not convinced they're done. Maybe they go get another starter. I know the Padres are doing their background I read today on Masahiro Tanaka. Mm. So why wouldn't the White Sox be kicking the tires on him? Or, you know, I don't think they're going to pay Trevor Bauer what it would take to get him. But if you're all in to try and win it, go all, truly go all in. So I don't think they're done. Where's all this money coming from? That's a great question. With, I mean, it's obviously in terms of what you expect revenue-wise, second in the city. Where's this money coming from, Cap? Um, look, their their payroll was not very high. Right. They've been smart. They, unlike the Cubs, they were able to lock up 
a lot of their young talent to long-term, very team-friendly deals. So I don't think all of a sudden Jerry's opening up the wallet, you know, insane money. Lance Lynn has one year left at $9 million. That's very pedestrian in Major League Baseball terms. So, you know, Liam Hendricks got a bunch of money. No question about it. But they have money to spend. Jerry's a wealthy guy, and he's in his 80s. He has said, before I die, I want to win another World Series, and I would trade all six Bulls championships for another World Series. Mm. He is a baseball man at heart, so their payroll is not going to be $200 million. They're still going to have a very manageable payroll. Cap, uh, to the uh, to the Cubs, uh, there's still Wilson Contreras buzz. Um, and when we asked you last week, you didn't think there was anything to it. The Angels, the Joe Madden relationship, dot, dot, dot. Should we connect those dots, Cap, with Contreras? And then Chris Bryant, what about those two? What's the latest buzz on those two Cubs? Look, the Cubs are trying to move more money. They want something of real value back. They haven't said they won't move Contreras, so I want to be clear. They just said that the tweet from Bob Nightingale was inaccurate. They're not actively out there going, oh, please take Wilson Contreras off their hands. Now, if somebody calls, Angels or other, and says, you want our top two prospects, he doesn't make crazy money. This is not a money dump on him. This would be a way of really adding impactful young talent then I don't think anybody would complain. He's a wonderfully talented player, passionate guy, fun to be around, and his teammates love him, and he's an all-star. But they're going to have to get big haul back. On the Chris Bryant front, look, I just don't think anyone out there is taking the $20 million, especially in a pandemic. He's shown that he can't stay healthy. He has not been, oh, my God, since 2017. He had a good year in 2019. I know he went to the all-star game, but – you know, he was a good player. He wasn't like, oh, my goodness, good. So that's where I think it's at. There's one guy in this roster I believe could get a big haul. It's Javi Baez. Now, there's only one year left for him, arbitration year, before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I know they want to get a long-term extension here, but if you're looking to rebuild the farm system, doesn't it make more sense? Bryant, you're not going to get that return. I think you could get a good return with Javi. Is that just completely off the table? Um... I don't think anything's off the table, to be honest with you. Mm. From what I've heard from people I trust over there, nothing is off the table. You know, if the New York Yankees called and said, hey, hold on a minute, take this guy, this guy, and this guy, and we want Baez, and it was the right three guys, yes, they would move him. There is no – look, Wayne Gretzky got traded multiple (laughs) times. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got traded. Javi Baez at 209 or whatever he hit. Love him. I think he's going to rebound in a normal season. But you make me the right offer, you can have anybody on my team. Mm. Cap, last thing for you. Opening night of the NHL, the Blackhawks won three cups in this last decade. Um, What is the buzz factor like around this team? Obviously, the divisions have changed. They get shipped out to the the East with Tampa, uh, the the defending cup champions. Uh, Is there any buzz for Blackhawks hockey this year? The captain's not going to play for the foreseeable future. What's the buzz like uh, for the Blackhawks on opening night? For who? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> and you like the you like going to the games and oh, that's your response. That's I've crazy. Been a season ticket I know. There, look. Be honest with you. Their number on points bet total points was fifty one, mm. and I said fifty one in a fifty six game season. Uh, I'll play the under. Play the under, and I clicked back on it after I told my brother, 
and it was down to 47. Mm-hmm. That, that's because people are pounding the under. They're going to be awful. If that team is a surprise team in the NHL, I'll be stunned. They are going to be bad. They don't have a goaltender. Nope. Now, is one of these guys Dominic Hasek, like they had him as a backup many, many moons ago? I don't think so. People that know more hockey than the three of us combined all tell me, yeah, very, very pedestrian goaltenders. So it's not like they've got this amazing Hall of Famer that's going to step in at age 22. I, I just I don't see it. I think they're going to be horrible. And one of the uh, the prospects of the future, Kirby Doc, broke his what did he break his hand or his wrist or something. He's going to be out for yep. a lot of the season. Cap- he may miss the whole season. Wild, brutal, brutal. Forty-seven does seem like. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure they'll they'll uh, get that many points. Who's in the division? Nashville, Tampa, Dallas moves over as well. Um, Detroit, Detroit, Carolina. Those will be the two worst. Carolina's in there. Yeah, Cap. Good stuff, pal. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate you coming on. Look forward to it. See you, buddy. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, uh, sponsors Cappy. Uh, same question to um, to you as I asked Cap. Do, do the White Sox deserve to be the favorite in their division? Yes. Until so too. Nelson there's a, Cruz? Yep, Nelson Cruz, a decision there. And if it's not Nelson Cruz, what they're doing at DH. Uh-huh. We know Rosario is not part of the plans. Right. When will Cruz decide? And who, who are the <sighs> twins bidding against? Do you know? Because they want him back, right? They do, yeah. I heard, and this was early, this was like right after the season, maybe the Cardinals would be a team interested. There were a couple other. Rangers, maybe? The Nationals were one, but they just got Schwarber. So there's your DH if that happens for the National League, and that's the other part. Yeah, we don't know. We still don't know on January 13th what the rules are going to be. Right. But baseball, the day before the season last year, changed the rules on the fly. So I guess we just have to be ready for that. Him in the Big Ten, right? Yes. (laughs) Steph. Adjust on the go, and I'm, I'm completely fine with that. In this world, yeah, you that have we're to. living in, you have to, have to be light on your feet. Mm-hmm. White Sox, uh, Twins, going to be appointment TV this it year, is. and the Indians, as we see, yeah, are, they're selling they're parts, selling, right? Yeah. From Lindor. and the Royals aren't there yet. Neither are the Tigers. Nope, they're still not even a year away for both. Probably, I think the Royals maybe are a little closer. I do too. Of the two, of those two franchises, 2022 is when you say. Maybe they can flirt with 500 and sneak in the back door one of those playoff bursts. The Tigers, 23, 24. So what does Nelson Cruz want? Obviously, it's all term with these two guys. Years. They want, he wants two. Well, he's worth two years, don't you think? If you look at any number of any major league player, once they hit that 40-year-old threshold, the drop-off is precipitous. It is incredible. Guys that are flying along until they're 39. And then that 40-year comes just drops automatically for everyone from mm-hmm. guys that just hung around for a long time to Barry Bonds. It looked like he was never going to slow down. That's a concern. Twins are fine. One year, 15, 18 million, whatever it is. Sure. Yeah, but he won't take that. Two years at 30. It's tough to swallow and tough to swallow in this financial environment too, because the twins did spend last year. They had one of their better payrolls that they've had. And they're probably going to be in the and same won the this division. Year. And won the division. It was close. Until uh, the stupid playoffs came. <laughs> 18 L's in a row. It's unbelievable, that streak. Uh, we'll talk to Matt Postens. Get into the Big 12, football and basketball-wise. He'll join us next. Texas, Texas Tech tonight, the best game in that conference. It's an 8 o'clock tip. Right now, it's time for another... 
$1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword dollar to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Dollar to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. KXNO had a winner yesterday. I saw that right after our show. Not in the, so the local shows. We should get credit i think for uh, that i asked they're not gonna give no this. no all right it was the one o'clock hour uh but uh, so it does work these keywords do work uh-huh. on this radio station this one is dollar to 200 200 matt poston's next miller and condon till noon 1460 kx and 106 Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports momentarily forgot to do the Centurion Stone of Iowa live read after they sponsored David Kaplan. We're grateful to them for doing that. Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. If you're in the market for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. In fact, there are over 200 of those color and pattern combinations. Natural stone for the interior or your exterior. Check them out online. Centurion Stone of Iowa Drop by the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our friend David Kaplan from Chicago. Matt Postens joins us. He writes, amongst other places, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Terrific game uh, last night in the Big 12. How about those Cowboys knocking off the Jayhawks? Matt Postens joins us for the first time this year. So happy New Year to you, Matt Postens. How are you? I'm good, guys. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, Mike Boynton seems to have some, some magic against that team. Uh, he, he's, he's beaten them before. Uh, I think the first year he was at Okie State, he beat them, uh, with a senior laden team. But when you consider how young that Oklahoma State team is going into that game and, you know, eight days ago, they blew a 19 point lead right. to West Virginia and lost. Uh, that was a big growth game for them last night. Indeed, it was. Well, we know Cunningham is is, is uh, an elite player, and I, I read your piece. Um, I can't remember when it was, but about the the one and done. And you know, most of these, a lot of these one and doneers, um, you know, you can tell that they're out the door. That's not the feeling he's giving. Not that this isn't saying that he's going to stay, but he doesn't. And maybe it's the fact that you know his brother's part of the program, etc. Uh, but y- y- your takeaway was it uh, listening to Boynton, etc. That this is kind of a different cat. Yeah, he's he's wired a little bit differently. I, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to go to the NBA after this year. Uh, you know, when you're considered to be the number one overall pick in the draft, you, you know, really right. don't have any choice but to go. Uh, but you know, the way he talks, the way he plays, the way you know, you could just talk. You know, it's him talking to ESPN last night after the game. You could just tell. You know, he's he's wired in a way in which right now in this particular moment, he is here for this team and he is willing to do whatever he needs to do to help this team win. And, you know, it wasn't just him last night. It was, you know, Rondell Walker with a great game off the bench, uh, Bryce Williams with a great game in the starting lineup, Isaac likely Likely, doing what he usually does. And, and you got to tip your hat to Isaac likely because, you know, he, he's a junior. He's been with this program now for three years. Um, He's, you know, kind of the guy from a leadership standpoint and you know he could have you know could have been a little you know a little jealous of all the attention Cade Cunningham is getting as a as a true freshman being one of the best recruits in the country but you know likely is you know just 
played his game, and now he's the third leading rebounder in mm. the conference, which is just absurd when you consider he's six foot five. But he's averaging like eight rebounds a game. It's just you know the way this team is finally coming together the last few weeks under Mike Boynton. He's he's really done a fabulous job. And when you think about Cunningham, probably won't be there next year. But there's a lot of young guys in this team, and the way he's playing, and the way that he's sharing, and the way that he's showing them, you know, how to prepare from a leadership standpoint. That's going to be an example that I think is going to perpetuate through that program the next couple of years. Baylor, Texas, undefeated in conference play. Kansas takes their second loss last night. Who is the third best team? If we consider Baylor and Texas Tech. the top two, is a stake still KU? Is it Texas Tech? Or do you have some love for Okie State? Where would you at? Who's team number three for you, Matt? I, I still think Kansas is number okay. three. And the reason is the emergence of David McCormick the past three or oh, four games. Been good. Um, beginning of the year, you know, I, he was struggling, he was up and down. And I thought to myself, you know, this is the guy that they need. You know, they've got Mm -hmm. offense on the outside with Marcus Garrett and Jalen Wilson and Christian Brown. They've got, you know, a couple, three guys they can bring in off their bench, but they need somebody that can give them something in in the paint and, and can be consistent. And for the first month of the season, he just wasn't that way. But really since that Texas game where they got drilled at home and he didn't play well, he didn't play most of the second half. Since that game, McCormick has played extremely well. And when he's playing well and he's, he's rebounding 8-9 a game and, and blocking a couple of shots a game, he had, a, he had some big plays down the stretch in that game. He had a big play at the end of the Oklahoma game, stealing the ball away from Austin Reeves in the paint in the final seconds. I mean, he's starting to play in a way where he's not going to be a Doka as the Beakway, but he's going to give them what they need. And once, they, once Jalen Wilson gets out of his slump right now and, and once they figure out a couple of other things on the perimeter – I still think they're the third best team. It's not a chasm like I think mm-hmm. people might have thought it was a couple of weeks ago between them and Texas Tech and Oklahoma and, and even Oklahoma State. But I, I still think, you know, push comes to shove, I still think they're the third best team of the conference right now. Uh, te- Texas is interesting. We'll see Texas and Texas Tech tonight. You know, we watched them go into Lawrence um, and just blow out the Jayhawks, right, <laughs> on, on the same day that they mm-hmm. fired Tom Herman and the and the Sark news broke, which just goes to show you that it's a, such a football school, right? Um, but but then since then, Iowa State pl- and Iowa State, as you know, they're, they're, it's it's going to be a long it's going to be a long winter uh, in Ames for this basketball team. But Iowa State played them tough. West Virginia, and I know going on the roads a difficult place and anytime you can get a win there you'll take it even though it's a close game but where are you on this texas team may we be uh, i don't know uh, are they are they as good as the record indicates that they are at this point the baylor game was postponed i believe in december and i don't think that game has been made up to this point so we didn't see them against the best in the conference where are you on texas matt I, I think the one thing that's different this year than in previous years is that they're a very balanced team offensively. Uh, if you went, I went back and looked at their numbers from last year, and there was about a 29-point disparity between their, their guard scoring and their forward-slash-center scoring. They were a very perimeter-driven team, and they really weren't getting a lot of, a lot of help offensively from their interior players. This year is different, A, because Greg Brown has come in, and we, we talk a lot about Cade Cunningham, but Greg Brown was a top 10 recruit, and he's played like a top 10 recruit. He had a double-double the other day for them, and there went on Saturday. And then Kai Jones, their backup center, has really gotten to the point where he can play starters minutes off the bench. He has the ability to stretch you off the dribble outside of the paint, and he has the ability to defend and block shots inside. 
So now the disparity between their scoring, between their perimeter and their inside game is about 13 points a game now, and that's a lot better. You're not leaning as much on Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones and, and, and those guys to get the job done, so to speak, uh, all the time. Now you have guys that can kind of relieve the pressure a little bit. And because they're so balanced now offensively, Teams can't double Courtney Ramey. They can't double Andrew Jones. They can't double Matt Coleman the third. They've got to play those guys man up. And because Kai Jones can stretch guys out of the paint, it creates more space for Greg Brown to drive to the basket and more room for Jericho Sims to, to post up inside, uh, both up at the top of the paint and down low. So that balance has really created a thing where combined with their great perimeter defense in the half court, they're to me, they're they're one of the top teams in the country, and that's been the game changer for them. Mm-hmm. Just that balance on the offensive side of the basketball this year. One more on uh, basketball. We'll get a little football in here, and on the local front, Iowa State, an Iowa State program that certainly trending the wrong direction. Just want to look like, yeah, maybe this team's taking some steps. They get absolutely obliterated by Tech over the weekend, and Steve Prohm looking at back to back difficult years for Iowa State. We're in the middle of pandemic, but. A somewhat outsider view, not somebody here from the state of Iowa. How you look at this Iowa State program, the job Prom has done, and what does he deserve another year in your mind? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. I've actually been kind of rolling that over in my head the past week or so because you know they, they look like they're pointed toward their third third losing season in Big Twelve play in the last four years, and that's sandwiched around that Big Twelve championship uh, in the tournament a couple of years ago. I feel like he's he's recruited fairly well. You know, they had a really good class with Taylor Horton Tucker and Tyrese Halliburton a couple of years ago. He got a nice feel in Xavier Foster, even though he's out for the rest of the year now with the injury. Uh, he's a guy that I think can be a, a really good cornerstone for them um, in the next couple of years. But, you know, you look at last year's class and, and a good portion of it transferred away. Or, or really didn't come to pass. So he's playing with a lot of transfers who are good players, but it takes time to get transfers to come together. Uh, you've got Solomon Young, who's a really great stabilizing presence. And, you know, what TCU has shown us with when you have mass transfers like they had last year, it's about a two-year process to get things back to where they need to be. And even now TCU's lost three games in a row. So, you know, Texas showed in football that, they're not concerned about whether it's a pandemic or not. If they're going to fire their head coach, they're going to fire their head coach. Uh, you know, I, I think if I'm looking at one coach that's, you know, kind of on that warm seat, maybe not a hot seat, but I think Chrome is that coach. And I think it's because things just haven't quite come together the way that I think they were hoping after those first couple of years where he was getting into the tournament. Uh, he was recruiting well. And, and you know, you, you have to wonder now if, recruits are looking at Iowa State a little bit differently than they were a few years ago. And recruiting is really the lifeblood of this. And when you consider that we've got, you know, NLI coming at some point, there's going to be the the blanket transfer rule coming at some point. I know the NCAA deferred the vote, but it's coming at some point. You've got to be a good recruiter. You've got to be a good coach that can bring in transfers and get them assimilated quickly. And you've got to be a coach that can develop talent. And I'm not seeing enough momentum in those areas for Iowa State right now. So, if they made a change, it wouldn't surprise me, but it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to keep him one more year and give him one more chance to kind of, you know, 
get things going back in the right direction. Yeah, it kind of feels like the end of the Paul Rhodes era, where you, you keep him an extra year and you just put yourself a year behind. Know what it's going to cost to get rid of him? I, I guess they have to weigh that against the cost of keeping him. Yeah. You know, when because there's yep. going to be fans in the building. You would like, to, I, I want to believe, everybody wants to believe next year. Uh, but you're, you're right about the recruits. So let's talk football. Let's talk good stuff in, uh, in Ames. And that clearly was the football program who did uh, reach heights that they've never attained before. I mean, for God's sakes, they finished in the top 10 uh, in the final AP poll that came out. And every ranking that you're going to see that comes out preseason for next year will have them back in there as the top 10. I've seen as high as number six already. In the way too early, I get it. Look, Oklahoma is going to be there as well. But Matt, as you've seen, all these kids are coming back. I mean, with the exception of Saner. Yeah who's a nice piece, I get it. Uh, Lawrence White, who's one of the two starting safeties and had a really nice senior season. They're all coming back. Um, this is the expectations around this program, and I know during the winter months they're always high for Iowa State football. This year it's deserved. This is going to be something they've never seen before. Yeah, this is this is pretty crazy when you, you see all the guys that are coming back decided to, to either – stay an extra year or use that extra year uh, that the NCAA gave everybody. It, yep. It's really, I think it shows you what Matt Campbell has built there. Right. And it shows you how these players have bought into what he wants to do with this program. He wants to build a program. He doesn't want to build a good team that, that has a good year and then tails off. He wants to build something that's sustainable year in and year out. And this is going to be something that recruits are going to see, not just the ones that, not just the remaining ones I'll sign in a couple of weeks during the last, you know, signing day, but you know, the recruits going into twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, they're they're seeing what they're building there and they're seeing why players are staying. And um I know there are a lot of rumors that have been swirling around Matt Campbell and and the job with, with everything with the NFL and I thought the NFL criticism uh that I read uh, a couple of weeks ago about him being too much of a uh, a friendly guy to, to players was just kind of dumb because that just means he's a player's coach and players buy in. And uh, yeah, it, but I think the flip side of that is pressure. And that's not always something that Iowa State has to deal with. And when you're a program like that and you, you haven't won a conference championship in a century and you got really close to finally winning one uh, and you know what you had coming back and you know everybody's got their eyes on you, now you got to deal with the pressure of expectations, and that's going to be that's going to be interesting to watch over the course of the next nine months. Watching Iowa State prepare for that, and knowing that they're going to get everybody's best shot every week because a lot of people are going to be picking them to win the championship in the conference. So Oklahoma will probably be the favorite. Iowa State will be the second choice. Texas, I would guess, will be most people's third choice. Sarkin year one first expectations you have for him and the higher that it was for Texas. And secondly, him coming out and talking about the school song, boy, a lot of passion there. Sounds like maybe some boosters were uh, were uh, involved in the preparation for Sark as he was getting ready for the press conference. Well, you know, I, I think with the second point, I, some of that may, be, may have been playing to the boosters. I, I hope that he gets a little more educated on what exactly that, A, that song is about, and B, what you know, what the players and students on campus have been saying, you know, just coming from Alabama and the national championship game and having to have that press conference the next day, uh, you know, that that's kind of a whirlwind. So he's, he's, he's trying to get his feet under him. So hopefully he gets a little more information about what exactly that whole debate about was about, because I thought Tom Herman handled that very well mm-hmm. there on campus, especially with the football players over the summer. 
Uh, as to the other piece about where they are, you know, he's got a good team coming back. I mean, he's got to he's got to figure out the quarterback situation. But Casey Thompson looks like he he's the kind of player who could fit into that system very well. Uh, they've got some really good uh, defensive pieces, even with all the players they've lost uh, to either the NFL or to graduation. And then they've got, I feel like they've got a really good uh, set of running backs uh, uh, that they can kind of pool together. It's not going to be a Najee Harris necessarily, but they've got a couple of guys that can come in and, and help them right away. So, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could be the third best team in the conference. Uh, but the thing with Starkeesian is he's never won a conference championship. He's never even won a division title when he was coaching in the Pac-12. So, my expectations right now, first year, you know, him having, having not been a head coach for a few years now, my expectations are a little muted. Maybe eight, nine wins. I think that'd be a that'd be a good start for him in Texas. It won't win them a, a conference championship. It probably won't get them in the conference championship game, but I think that'd be a good start. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Matt, thank you for doing this. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Matt Poston. You can follow him on Twitter at Poston's Postcard at Poston's postcard for our friend Matt Postons from Heartland College Sports. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Matt. Good to talk to you, Matt Postons, as we talk a little Big 12. Back to Iowa State basketball. Yes. We've both been in the opinion, Prom's going to get a whole year. Another year, excuse me. I'm coming off of it. As am I. Yeah. Had, uh, the some convers- keep keeping him. Had some conversations yesterday. This season could be salvaged. But at the very least, I think there are some plans in place that now is that Prome also himself going the route of McDermott? Oh, maybe that would help. You know, taking a look in Alford, yeah, taking a step down, but realizing what's going to be happening on the back end here. Mm-hmm. That could be a possibility, but there are conversations being had in that realm where I didn't think it was realistic. It's at least happening, and right. It's the cost of keeping him, Trent. Where yeah. does it, is it? We know what it costs to get rid of him. Because if, if you sell, say, I don't know, nine thousand season tickets in, in a normal year, it's that number next ooh. year. Where people financially are tightening ooh, up the belt even right. more, and then we're going to spend a pair of tickets, a grand mm-hmm. for that. I don't. That, that's it's a good point. It, it honestly feels like the end of the Rhodes era. Yeah, and the Rhodes era. Now look at if they would have gone a year quicker that i was harping matt campbell's not there yeah right so it worked out well but anyways uh, we'll see i'm i'm with you i don't think it's the slam dunk that we thought it was oh, it's a pandemic they can't afford to write that check lots of places you have can't. been able to find a way to afford it yeah and can you afford to keep them for another year that's just it well right? and you get a contract and you get a new coach you backlog the payment of it we're going to pay you more in the back end of this deal because the money's not there on the front end. Mm. There are coaches that will sign that contract. You know, ultimately, you're still going to get the same eight, ten, twelve million dollars over a five year deal. So just pay a little bit more on the back end of it. We'll come back, uh, finish things up. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trek Condon here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. 
Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always and their families. Condon, final couple of minutes of the program here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Now, is it a program or a show? A commercial. You don't know the commercial. It's not a program. It's oh. the progressive. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> Those are really good. They really are good. They're, and the Liberty one where the kid opens up the... Uh, the insurance present? The insurance present, the kid that gets the bike and he's PO'd. <laughs> it's a home, it's a bundle or whatever it is. Yeah. It, they're good. Uh, so speaking of good, let's see how good you are, Trent Con. You have a play tonight, my friend. I do. Gave you three last night. Went two and one. The Can't first, beat that. No, I'll take it. Only got one that I love tonight. Mm-hmm. Former Iowan from Lone Tree, okay. Steve Forbes, is Wake yeah. Forest Demon Deacons. Okay. They're getting eight. At home against Louisville. Wake Forest is not very good. They're going to be good. I think Forbes is going to do a good job there. Louisville's been flying under the radar. You know, they're 9-1 and one right now. Are they really? Yeah. How bad did they beat Kentucky? Do you remember? It was, it was oh, that game right after Christmas. It was, yeah. Kind of got gobbled up by some football. Yeah, Kentucky got crushed. <laughs> really. Kentucky got beat last night, too. Badly. Did, and did not look very good no. in that one. But, uh... Going to grab the points. Give me Wake in this one. think they're going to keep it a little tighter there than the experts predict. All How right. about you? You got any NHL futures? Anything uh, fun? Well, yeah, actually, I do. I bet a team that's 40-1 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. I, I think I have a <laughs> idea who that team is. I bet that team every year since 2011. That was the year that they came home. Uh, but I'm going to bet. I already did. I bet my Jets on DraftKings. You did? I did. So you threw a few bucks on yeah. them, 40-1 to 1 just to have it. Right, because when, if they ever do win it, I'll be PO'd that I don't have a future on them. Right, yeah. I well, I don't think I'll be that upset about it. No, that's a good point, right? Um, good point. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the uh, for the NHL tonight. Gets back and... How I'm about on the local front? Wild getting the playoffs, Blackhawks, no. Blues? Uh, maybe the Blues, the Wild do not. I just don't think... I think going out west, um, the Golden Knights are really good. Yeah. Um, Colorado's Colorado really good. is the team to beat. I think Colorado will win the Stanley Cup. There's your future. There's a short price. I think they're too short of a price. I think this is Colorado's year. Murph and Andy, two fanatics at four. Hawkeye Central tonight at six. Morning rush tomorrow morning. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.